Good morning. Welcome back to the sixth episode of the Father's Wisdom to His Children. I've always believed that uh, it's important for a father to pass on information to his children that he has learned and maybe it will be able to help them in moving forward to next generation. I really feel very good about a quote from Benjamin Franklin that states, the step to wisdom is a step to knowing the things that you are ignorant of. And uh, this morning I'm going to be talking about some things that I have been ignorant of. Uh, I am very, very impressed with the readings uh, by uh, Michelle Alexander, and that's what I'm going to be talking about most of the morning, having conversation with James and Elder Tyrone and uh, Miss Angela, and of course, all of my grandchildren. I want to talk about uh, the new Jim Crow uh, that's existing in our society right now, and most of all, the mass incarceration uh, in this age of colorblindness by Michelle Alexander. And I'm going to spend these 30 minutes talking to that. I talked to you earlier about uh, there was five windows of life that I want to talk to you about, but I want to talk about just briefly going back to what we talked about last week is that I am concerned about our, in the United States of America, the greatest nation uh, the world has ever known, that 750 per 100,000 are in prison. And France is 96 per 100,000 is in prison. And uh, Germany is only 90 per 100,000. And the United Kingdom, 153 per 100,000. And Switzerland, 76. And there's 2.4 million people in the prison system. And there's more people in prison in the United States of America than any other uh, country on this planet. And 40% of those that are in prison, um, they are black Americans. And that's uh, a concern for me because as a people, uh, we need to be out training and taking the next generation forward. And we can't do that uh, within a prison cell. So one of the first places I wanted to look at and try to determine why so many of our young, healthy, gifted black men are behind bars. And I must say that uh, Michelle Alexander 
and her book on the new Jim Crow has really opened my eyes and I suggest that that among many books that I have uh, asked you to read that this one you should read and one of the reasons that I'm asking you to read this book is uh, number one she's just done an outstanding job in writing and giving examples of uh, cases and uh, giving a clear picture of what's happening to uh, the black men in, in, in America. Uh, I had a instructor who said to me once when I was in high school that in order to survive, one must be able to understand and adjust to their environment. And this book is clearly saying something that I think that every black man should read. We must stay away from the jail. Because as I go through my presentation this morning, you will see that once you are labeled, it is a lifetime sentence. There is no such thing as you serve your time and you return back to society. Uh, data shows that's not the case. And uh, the area that I want to look at this morning is juries. You know, what's taking place in the history of discrimination in juries? And one of the things that I... Uh, want to say to you is that you hear me talk about the uh, political things that we must be concerned about in our communities and we pay a lot of attention to the uh, president's election <clears throat> but I strongly suggest that we take a good look at excuse me we take a good look at our local election and and the election of our prosecutors, uh, the election of our judges, uh, because these are the people who control the jury pool. And as I look through uh, the data, and especially in reading uh, the new Jim Crow, the court system has failed our people. Uh, the federal court system has has failed our people. Uh, it doesn't matter if you uh, gone to prison or once you uh, label with a felony or you're on probation, you have a serious problem. And one of the things that uh, I noted in reading of our uh, Michelle Alexander book that she had a very interesting case there where the death penalty for uh, blacks are kill the blacks who are killing or have killed uh, whites versus uh, blacks uh, who have killed blacks that are in the case of Warren 
McCaskey was uh, a black man who was facing a death penalty for killing a white police officer. Now, the uh, NAACP represented uh, McCaskey and uh, challenged the death sentence that he had received on the grounds of it violated his 14th Amendment and 8th Amendment. And they showed in 2000 uh, cases that they studied that the victims who killed whites received uh, the death penalty 11 times more often than uh, those who were charged with killing blacks. Uh, and they thought that I was trying to turn that around. But uh, again, I think uh, Michelle Alexander did an excellent job in where she's talking about in the defense of the all-white jury were uh, Perkett versus Ellen. And this is in 1985 uh, in uh, uh, Baston versus Kentucky. The courts held that uh, the 14th Amendment prohibits uh, prosecutors from discriminating on the basis of race when selecting a jury. Um, this law was 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 we were was put there as a safeguard that uh, blacks would get uh, a trial by their peers and people similar in culture and background and from their community. But uh, this was not taking, taking place across the country, and it's still not taking place across the country. Uh, but as I read this book and, and ask myself and I say to my sons, we cannot stand still for a justice system in this country that will not allow a black man to be tried by his peers. And that should be a, a concern for us. And I think that's one of the things that's leading to the large number of blacks uh, being locked up in this country. Uh, we have to, let's just stop a minute and think about this, and I want you to remember this, is that looking at the uh, voting record of blacks and how much do we participate, the presidential election is very important. But one of the things that I'm finding out in doing uh, this research, and especially uh, one of the books that I'm reading that I'm uh, just mind-boggling with the data that's in there, uh, the new Jim Crow uh, uh, by Michelle Alexander, is that uh, we have to watch these local elections. We have to watch the people that's in office that is controlling the jury pool because the destiny of our uh, men rest on having someone in those offices with, that will be fair to us. The Supreme Courts and the lower courts are allowing uh, racial bias jury selection to take place. 
there's even been some cases that's been noted, for example, Miller uh, versus uh, Cockrell, where it's written in their manuals, uh, justification of eliminating uh, blacks from the jury. And we have to find a way, if we're going to survive as a people, to um, make sure that the policies in the communities which we're living in is clearly written that uh, will help our people. And there's one case that we're looking at. The uh, uh, We need to remember that what is happening in some of the juries uh, selection across the country is called jury uh, shuffling. This this particular case, the prosecutor uh, found reasons to eliminate 10 black jurors out of the 11 who were qualified. And when it was checked to see why he eliminated them, uh, some of the things that were noted was his hair was too long and curly, uh, the mustache and had a goatee. In other words, the prosecutors were uh, allowed to come up with ridiculous things to uh, eliminate people from the jury. And that causes me to pause to say, what are we doing? What is happening when our young men are going in and they are are they asking for a jury? Are they getting good representation? Are they being told that if you uh, uh, plead guilty for a felony, what type of problems is that going to cause for you? And uh, I, I'm really concerned about that. And I want to say to my son, uh, pay very close attention to uh, those as being elected in the local, county, and state officials. And I used to say to you when you were young, and I, I hope you will say it to your sons and daughters, under no circumstances would I tolerate a behavior that uh, you would end up in jail. That was a no-no in uh, my house. And I hope you pass that on to the next generation, and the reason being that once you walk through those gates of jail, uh, we have a justice system that will totally destroy your chances of getting into mainstream America. Under no circumstances uh, should you allow yourself to get in a position where you have to go through the court system looking for a fair and just system. And in the event that uh, your son or daughter uh, gets in the court system, you must uh, immediately find a good, reputable lawyer who can uh, represent them to make sure that they get a fair trial before a jury. And don't be so quick to accept a deal, get a lawyer and see what's taking place. And the data that I'm looking at, 
there is no one there uh, to represent uh, the African Americans within the court system to make sure that they will get a fair trial. Uh, one of the things we have to take under consideration that uh, potential jurors are typically called from uh, service-based uh, list of registered voters, our department of motor vehicle list, uh, and these lists, which I want to say again, registered to vote and uh, a driver's license, data show that our uh, black men are, we have a very small number who are registered to vote. We have a very small number who has a driver's license. Now, 31 states are in the United States and the federal government practice lifetime uh, felony exclusion from jury. And what that means that with the alarming number of black men that are, are have felonies, 30% of all black men in the United States is automatically uh, banned uh, from serving on a jury. And that makes me nervous because what we is happening to us with the justice system is automatically through a bias selection of jurors is is pushing the black community to the point that they will have no representation because once you get a felony uh, you you can't vote you can't be on the jury and there's uh, there's several other major uh, problems that you're going to have. Now, let's, let's talk for a few minutes and say, uh, for the next generation, what can you do to help slow down the process of our uh, black men going to prison? What can we do? One of the things that uh, we can do we have to read and educate ourselves what's taking place. We have to be more active in school and learning. And one of the things that when we're in school and when we're in the library, we must pick up that civics book and understand the politics of our, our country, of our state, of our county. We must understand how that is affecting us. And we have to study that because with what's happening to us right now, if we don't figure out a way to slow down uh, the massive incarceration of our black men, uh, we don't have anyone uh, in the community to protect our children uh, to protect our people if uh, the, the huge numbers continue to go to prison. And what we're showing is that a large number of them, once they get into the prison system, they are returning to the prison system because the label of being in prison is blocking them 
from getting back into mainstream America. They can't get uh, education assistance from the federal government. They can't get food stamps. Uh, most times if they put on the applications that they are a felon, they can't get a job. If they don't put it on the application and they find out they are released, there are a lot of uh, data is showing, especially in Wisconsin, that they are taking their driver's license. If their driver's license are, uh, they don't have a driver's license once they get out, uh, getting back and forth to work is going to be very difficult. So we as a people... We've got to sit down and come up with a a plan of how we can stay out of the court system. Because from what I'm reading, we can't get a fair, uh, 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 we're not going to get a fair trial if we're not being uh, able to be a part of of the jury pool that's making the decision whether we're guilty or not guilty. Uh, we don't have that. And it's very rare that we are going to be allowed for that to take place. And so my suggestions have been to my children is that I think as a father the thing that I would uh, tell them is 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 uh, once you go to jail and you get a felon, uh, you're going to be deemed as unfit for the society in which we live in. That's not fair, but that's the reality. Once you get that label. Uh, it is a form of the old Jim Crow. The first Jim Crow we were talking about was that it would not allow us to get good jobs. It would not allow us to get on, uh, serve on jury duties. It would not allow us to vote. Uh, it would not allow us to eat in the restaurants. It would not allow us to have housing, good housing. Well, uh, and the law supported that before the uh, civil rights was passed and before uh, the voter uh, rights uh, bills were passed. Well, uh, we must wake up and we must smell the coffee because if we allow our children and if we allow ourselves to go back into the court system, we will be labeled with the same restrictions that the first Jim Crow had. We won't be able to get the jobs, and we won't be able to get the housing, we won't be able to get the education, and we will not be allowed to participate in... Uh, this great country which we live in. Uh, and even if we avoid the prison system, we must understand that, uh, again, that this country's justice system uh, considers you an outcast. 
and everything pushes you away from that. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about in the next session is uh, prisons. Uh, why there are so many being built. Uh, there's. I want to look at the side of that uh, so many of, of our people are going into the prison that it's beginning to become an area where someone can make a lot of money with uh, you being in the prison system. But getting back to the new Jim Crow, uh, the massive incarceration and the age of colorblindness that Michelle Alexander is talking to us, to us about, she has done one excellent job of showing how the justice system, the court systems in throughout the United States of America are nothing more than a smoke screen for an apartheid type uh, caste system for blacks. And if you walk into that system, the thing about rehabilitation and finding your way back uh, is going to be very, very difficult. And we must uh, uh, focus on making sure that we keep our young people out of that. And I want to, uh, uh, we must remember that in this country, United States of America, uh, we are 40% of the prison population, and we have to lower that that uh, system. We also must remember, and it's sad and it's, and it's a concern for me, and I want to work on through my voting and through the people that I vote for and the questions that uh, I want to ask of our mayor and the chief of police you know, what are you doing to level the uh, playing field to the point where our, our young people that enter into the court system will get a fair shake? And uh, I've come to the conclusion that if we're looking for someone else to do it for us, that uh, history and data shows that's not going to happen. Uh, we are going to have to uh, make sure if the next generation is going to have a fighting chance, uh, we've got to find a way that uh, we have a fair and just system. We have to, one of the things, I've, as I've said <clears throat> before, that we can do, we can make sure that every eligible member of our family is registered to vote. We can make sure that every one of our Ezra members have a driver's license. Whether they have a car or not, they have a driver's license. And we want that so we can increase the possibility of us being uh, on a jury. We want to do our homework and be more concerned in a sense about uh, the local elections than we are the national collect, uh, elections because the local uh, elected officials are the ones 
that will be putting our young people behind bars are and we want to understand the politics of our what's taking place in our community what does the role of the judge uh the state supreme judge all of these people what bearing do they have on making sure that there is a fair system in place that can make sure that our people have a fair shake but again i i speak out to uh my brothers that's listening to this and to my sons we have a responsibility if someone said to us that there was uh uh a thousand pound uh crocodile in the backyard we would not hesitate in telling our children regardless of what you say you're not going in that backyard uh there is a thousand pound crocodile in our cities and it is the court system we must keep our young people out of that system and we need to check who they are associating with we must keep them away from drugs we must do everything we can that they will not be pulled in by uh, the police put into that system and label for life we're not talking about uh if they get uh 2 years or 3 years in prison they are labeled for life if they get a felony and there are chances of having a productive uh life that uh can take care of their children, educate their children, buy homes, uh purchase cars, do all the things that the average American it will be greatly reduced. And we as a society have uh got to find a way to keep our young people out of the system. Now, what I will talk to you about next uh episode I want to talk to you about prison what's taking place in the prisons and uh again until we get a chance to talk um I really want to recommend um uh, to my son and to my daughter we you have to get uh, the book of the new Jim Crow I probably get it for you and send it to you but I want you to read it but I also want you to listen to these pods and I hope they can help you uh protect my grandchildren that they do not become victims of this apartheid court system in this country thank you until the next time